Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are talking about pushing your peaks and using this philosophy to drive your e-commerce business. We've seen great results from this from the companies we've worked on and our own companies over time. Also in the show notes, there is a download to get one of the Facebook ad trainings, which is the Facebook testimonial ad. I'll take you through how to set one of those up. It's been a very effective advert we've used on Facebook. And so if you want to grab that, please do so. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm okay, Mark. I'm okay. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Yeah, just uh, got up early this morning, did lots of calls. I mean, it's only 11 o'clock. I feel like I've done a day's work already. It's uh, it can get a bit crazy in the morning, and then it's all. I, but the trouble is when I'm getting. Well, I've got a hammock. I've now bought myself a hammock with a built-in mosquito net, um, which is the really the height of luxury. And um, but the thing they found out the other day, they can bite through the bloody hammock. Like if I'm not wearing, like oh, I've really? got a t-shirt on, they could bite through my arms, and um, so I have to wear. Trousers what you mean they can actually point. bite through the hammock bit, not the muscles? Yes. Oh. If I'm touching the skin, is touching the hammock bit, they can bite through Why don't it. You have a, a net that goes underneath as well. <sighs> I don't know. It's almost like I should just go inside, but it's just not the same. <laughs> um, What's this got to do with e-commerce, for God's sake? Well, it's, I bought it online, didn't I? Okay. Got it delivered. Yeah. Anyway, today we're going to talk about. Um, I mean, it, we talk about this quite a bit. We talk about making hay whilst the sun shines, going with the low flow of the river um, and understanding when you would recruit customers or not. And something you said on a call this morning, one of the training calls, was that, um, well, why don't you tell it? It was a, it was a, 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 an entrepreneur you met uh, somewhere yeah. and he get, told you a story. So that, why don't you start with that? Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. That was probably about 15 years ago. And I think actually he'd heard it for someone else as well. So I don't think he, he could even claim. But it, was, it came from the, um, the catalogue days, you know, the big brochure drops in the direct mail industry. And they were very good at what well, they still are, very good. Well, they're famous for, for tracking and understanding, you know, recruitment and retention rates and, you know, how, how things responded and things. And they... This chap, this chap said to me, he said, it's, he said, it's far easier to grow your peaks than even out your trough. And what he meant was, was that you naturally get in any business, most businesses have some seasonality to them. You know, so, you know, one or two of them are quite flat, but, but, but inevitably you get a period where you can normally recruit more customers. Like you normally have busier periods. So if it was, yeah. you know, um, fashion, you might have a um, you know a period at your spring, summer, and your autumn, winter, and then your sales. And you know, if you were um, 
you know, gardening company, obviously you'd have you'd have you know strong sales during the summer, and mm. you know he basically said you know and and the, and the reason why I said that story tonight was because there was a, a company on on one of the one of the calls this morning or this afternoon for you um, for me, and they said uh, you know we're a bit worried you know it's February. You know, sales are really flat. You know, we've been changing everything all the time, and nothing seems to be sticking. You know, we can't get any traffic. We can't. The offers, no, no one wants to buy their offer. Not interested in anything. And this was all. This actually was within like a week. You know, because we spoke to them the previous week, and they were saying the same thing. And so we said, well, you know, ultimately, you know, this this time of year it is going to be flat for them, and you know they could probably get very anxious about it and and really try to throw loads of money at their natural trough when they should probably save the money um go on a ski holiday chill out relax and get ready mm. for when their their peak you know their their growth happens and push those harder and yeah. you generally find and I don't think I've seen any exception to this in the 20 years that we've been working in e-commerce, that we haven't been able to push the peaks harder. And yeah. um, and it's so much more efficient. It's so much better return for your time, for your budget, for your advertising, if you can push those peaks. So basically, go with the flow of, of the river. So if everybody wants to buy on the October, November, December run-up, Push that harder, and you you'll get a much greater return for your efforts, rather than trying yeah. to you know even out your troughs. So if you were trying to sell like barbecues in you know in winter, it's a pretty big ask, pretty big in, in mm. England anyway. New Zealand it might be different, you know. So and it's very inefficient. It's not only inefficient from a mental perspective; it's also inefficient from a budgeting and a marketing perspective, and. You know, so that that was why I told that story. Um, but from you know, from a from a you know a ROAS perspective and a cost per conversion, you know, CAC cost of acquiring a customer. You know, I mean, you you, you take you take that one on, Mark. I mean, I could talk all day about this, but I'll let I'll let you pitch in. Well, I think I think you've got to look at it in terms of like if you had a had a store and you bought, let's say, you bought toilet paper all the way through the year. At some point, the toilet paper will be cheap. Sometimes it's expensive. Like you, you're going to buy more. To- you should buy more toilet paper when it's cheap. If you know it's seasonally cheaper at a certain time, you're going to you, you should buy it. You know, like with customers are the same. If you had a shop that sells customers, which effectively are Facebook, Google ads, they're all shops selling customers. You want to buy more customers when they're cheap. You don't want to buy and, them when they're I, expensive. And, and I think, I think what you're saying there, because because. Don't don't get confused because people toilet roll people buy all year round, mm. but what I think so it's slightly I think it's slightly confusing that one, but basically you know at certain times of the year your conversion rate is going to be naturally higher than at other times. Yeah. So if you were selling barbecues and it's an amazingly hot summer weekend, you're going to find that your conversion rate of your website is probably two, three, four, five times higher than it was, you know, three months before when it's really cold if you're only selling barbecues. Mm. So in that period, if you throw some money at your advertising and your conversion rate now is six percent, whereas it was only two percent, 
you're going to have a massively higher return for the same budget than you were putting yeah. in when your conversion barbecue, was 2%. Barbecue one might be difficult because when people buy barbecue, there's not necessarily a good lifetime value. Maybe a, maybe like a homeware store, for example. So a homeware store, they're going to sell all year round to some extent to the list that they're, they're recruiting on. But for a homeware store, you can buy customers in November pretty much for a third of what you're about to pay for a customer yeah. in June, July. So, you know, why go and let's say a customer costs you $50 in July, but in um, November, it costs you $15 a customer. You would go and buy customers when they're on sale because those customers are going to buy throughout the rest of the year from your email list and things like that. But obviously not, not as, not as it's going to still going to be seasonal, but the idea is that you buy when your cost, your cost of customer is, is low. And, and I think our, our, our main tools really support that. Like I was saying to someone this morning, it's like he was coming, it was coming up to one of his peak times. I think it was um, uh, Easter or something for him. Now Valentine, I know Valentine's gone, hasn't it? It was something coming up mother's day. It was mother's day coming up big day for him for his business and he said well what should i do you know in the run-up to it and i said well go and run the drop by drop report which is the recruitment roas the daily recruitment how much it costs to recruit a customer um you know how much you're spending how much your customers are costing and run that last year and maybe the previous year at the same time so you you understand the characteristics of how the cost of customer changes during that during that period. So you know what to expect as you go into it. And then if you see yourself uh, achieving that cost of customer or even, even lower, like maybe the cost of customer is even lower, realize that's the opportunity to actually go and spend more. So you, you, you understand going into one of your peaks what you would expect and what to do. So the demo store, for example, sells bedding. I went into Black Friday now, I particularly didn't didn't know what last year was because we'd only launched it this year, but I knew what the cost of a customer was normally. So I went from spending about £500 a day to about £4,000 a day really quickly because I was watching my drop by drop and I was like, gosh, customers are on sale. I can recruit a customer for a fifth of what I normally pay for a customer. I know they're going to, some of them, I know probably, you know, on average, one4 of them are going to buy again, so I'll go and buy them now because I'm going to come back and buy it. And some of them, those those orders will be quite large. So it was really looking at the drop by drop report, understanding how that looked last year, and also the other tool that works seasonally is the target calculator sheet. So the target sheet is also done seasonally. So if you've got those seasonally adjusted numbers, you can start to understand how it is. But yeah, you know I think what people don't look at historically. I mean, they look at the numbers, look at revenue, but they don't look at historically go, when, 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 was it, when was the cost of customers really low? Because there's a disconnect between the budgeting or how much we're going to spend this well, month and how much yeah. we're going to spend that month and what the customer cost of a customer was. Well, you, I know, but you, you still see it happening all the time, um, you know, where these where businesses have this the fixed budget, how we spend, you know, $20,000 on, on AdWords a month. And you're like, mm -hmm. well, why? Oh, that's just what we yeah. want. We feel comfortable with that level. And it feels like a decent yeah. level. And it's like, well, what, what do you mean? You know, you know, what, 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 you're obviously leaving money on the table or you could be spending too much in the air in the times that you shouldn't be spending. Mm. And, you know, when we talk mm. about ROAS, 
you know, return on ad spend. And we say, oh, you know, we take it to, let's say, let's say what's the lowest it could be, you know, and, and you know, we're really saying is what, you know, what are you willing to spend to recruit a customer? And it obviously makes so much sense if you can recruit a customer at $15 rather than $40, you, you make as, you recruit as many of them as you possibly can. And here, I think the other thing, the other thing to note is that, is that too often, so when we say make hay while the sun shines and grow your peaks and don't worry too much about trying to even out your troughs, it's more, we're saying don't worry about that, but we're saying focus more on growing your peaks first and then mm. Once you've absolutely maxed that, then think about how you can even out your troughs. But sometimes it's about leaning back, you know, so so not pushing the traffic needle hard in your in your quieter, you know, moments. Mm. Um, but making sure that you're taking advantage of the peaks. And it could be as simple as just Having the drop by drop report, which tells you daily what your overall ROAS is for new customers, and just simply adjusting your your budgets accordingly, so that you yeah. you, you know you're you're doing it on a daily basis because quite often the, and the, the the company you mentioned before about that the peak was coming up to Mother's Day big big moment for them. You know, I think that. The the previous year, I think they probably looked back at the end of the month that Mother's Day fell in and went, "Oh, yeah, ROAS was quite good. Yeah, we got uh, we got we got twelve times ROAS, brilliant." Mm. Whereas we would look at that and go, "Oh my God, you know, you could have probably got double the amount of sales because you could your your lower lowest ROAS could have was six. You know, you you really should have gone and pushed it more aggressively, and you know, adjusting it daily." Rather than just sitting back and waiting for it to finish, and then adjusting it retrospect, looking at it retrospectively, horses bolted, it's gone. You know, mm. and I think that that's the opportunity, really, isn't it? Because if you think about how everybody set up in e-commerce, they'll have an in-house Google Ads team, which they're just looking at Google Ads account, and then they'll have someone, you know, doing the email, and then someone doing this stuff, and there's no one really integrating it all together and sitting on the drop by drop report and going, holy crap, Saturday, there's an opportunity. Let's, let's go and make something of a Sunday, you know, like it, it's kind of like being able to be more reactive than, you know, a big company, like take a corporate company. No one works on the weekend. No one's going to change it. The big agency, even though you're paying them big bucks, they're not working on the weekend. They'll come in on Monday. They'll have 10 counts to look at. Yours will be probably the fifth one they look at and then they'll go, well, you know, what they're going to do. I think there's, it's, what's weird is, is that what I've found with agencies is that they are, even though they get paid by spend, so they'll, 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 they'll charge a percentage of spend. There's a real reluctance often for them to spend more, uh, even though they get spent, uh, even though they get paid more. And I think the reluctance is to not rock the boat. And I think we were talking about this, about people in corporates before, Ian the same people with a lot of agencies uh, who run accounts is they don't want to get themselves into a position where it doesn't work and they have to have an awkward conversation. So they keep things very simple and they keep thinking, they don't try, they don't take any risk. Whereas if you understand the full numbers, you really want to, and I was, this analogy I was talking about before, um, not on this podcast, but I was, I was talking to someone who says, have you, someone says, how much should I spend? And I'm saying this to my 15 year old son, 
who's setting up a, 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 an e-commerce business. Clearly, he's going to make a lot of money and then pay for his own university education. That's the idea. And then I can go and tour the world. Um, apart from that, I, he said to me, well, how much should I spend on ads, Dad? And I said, look, Ben, if you had a machine that you put $10 in and you got $100 out, out the other end on, how much would you put into the machine? And he says, well, I'd put unlimited money into the machine. And so ultimately, what will happen with that machine? So you, let's say you put $10 in and you get a, a $100 out. You will keep trying to put more money in up until the point when that machine will stop being as efficient. It will stop working. That's where the business is. And that machine will be affected by obviously the product page checklist and the, the optimization of the site and all the different stuff, but particularly the market and, the, and the, the seasonality of the market. And that machine might run amazingly in November, but absolutely terribly in, in July. And so you're going to be limited by the machine, and that should dictate how much you're spending yeah. at any and particular time. it's also time. the competitors too. I mean, we've seen this before, mm. you know, with, with the demo store, you know, you know what, what the competitors do when they announce their sale massively affects when they well, come what was sale. amazing on the demo store when we were so tiny that we just started out like before black friday all the big boys had to come out of sale before black friday because they couldn't show any sales because they needed to be do something so they could go to black friday in the two weeks before black friday our roas was something like five it was huge yeah and we were only trying to hit a two and like so you know normally we, so, you know so we you know we changed nothing else you know we didn't do no. any conversion rate optimization or anything we didn't change the offer architecture we didn't change anything it was just mm. the market it was just what everyone yeah. else was doing and if we hadn't been monitoring our drop by drop which was telling us our our, our overall blended ROAS we wouldn't yeah. have taken we wouldn't have seen the opportunity we'd have looked back at the end of the month and gone oh yeah that was quite good but because we mm. were looking at it you know we knew and I think coming back to your point about sometimes you find that, that people who run the AdWords account, if it's an agency or it's an internal department, sometimes they're very worried about um, about taking risk, you know, mm. because they don't want to be spending a load of money on a campaign that doesn't work. You yeah. Know, so they think, oh, well, I'm happy with this return. Yeah, my boss is going to be happy with the six times row. I say, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I don't want to grow yeah. it. You know, and it's like you're never, ever then going to be able to take the opportunity in front of you. And, it, and it's also, it's not just the overall account. You know, I think you can, you can extend the same thing about, you know, I and mean, really what we're saying is go with the flow of the river. If something's working at a particular time, push mm. it hard and be in, be in, be, architect your business to be able to take advantage of that as it's happening. And it's also product by product, isn't it, too? You know, you, know, you, can, you can extend it by... By categories and products, that same philosophy. If you see certain products taking off, you know, so we've seen this before. Like we, we used to call it the Netflix effect. Like mm. we saw, you know, I think it was Nigella Lawson <laughs> did something about, or it was about a spoon or something. And there was one, one particular business that went, oh my God, you know, we got like yeah. a 20 times ROAS on this particular, you know, on spoon. And there's another one, someone selling mushrooms. Wasn't there with yeah, mushroom supplements, and there was that Netflix magic yeah. mushroom. Not magic mushrooms, that's And it I'm came like. out of nowhere. The Netflix documentary hit. No one knew it was going to hit. All of a sudden, yeah. this particular type of mushroom yeah, he, thing. He did, a, he did about a yeah. year's sales in a month. 
Yeah. It's just insane. And, and if we hadn't seen that, and if we hadn't been monitoring drop by drop, that would have just stayed past, and we wouldn't mm. have spotted that opportunity. So, I, mean, that, I think I mean, you would have spotted <laughs> if you do if you do a year's sale in a month. I think you might notice something. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, that was all right. That's true. Yeah. Like, that's oh, yeah, true. That's I mean, to be happened. honest, it was stock. It would have been stock, yeah. wasn't it? It would have yeah. been the problem with all of these. With all of you know, it's it, it's obviously easy to say these things, but yes, you've got to make sure you've got good stock forecasting. Yeah, yeah. and that's another thing is like you know, if you if you look at last year and you go, why didn't I spend more? And you go, oh, cash flow, and it's like, well, how do I put myself in a position where I have more cash flow to take advantage of the of the peak at that time? Because that's the that's the frustrating thing is, and it's happened to us with the demo store a lot of time is that we have the opportunity. Like now, the the ROAS is okay. But we can only spend around make one thousand two hundred dollars ish um, because we haven't got a stock on the on the on the best sellers, yeah. and so yeah. you know we, we could be doing a lot more. And so we're we're not emailing, uh, we're not having any big offers uh, in the email list, and um, we're kind of treading water until until the new stock comes yeah. in, which is you know. And and the thing is, when you look back at that, that's going to affect the you know the the Google Analytics and the target sheet, and you'll go, oh, well, we seem to have a big dip in February. Next year, it's going to forecast the same dip. And it's like, well, no, we'll have whites yeah. and greys next year. So and that, that won't be so the case. it so obvious in retrospect, doesn't yeah. it, about the products that we took on, the products that we that sold well. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it seemed really, really obvious looking back, but at the time, it, what it didn't, it wasn't. We didn't, we didn't know. Well, I think <laughs> no, it was, it was... It was interesting for the demo store, particularly because the early bestseller wasn't the white or the, the greys. It was actually one yeah. with like a checkered thing Blue on it. Strike. So that kind of threw us off. But I think that was because we were coming into a new market in a new space. And therefore, Google kind of went, well, I'm not going to give them the I'm not going to give them the high volume um, stuff like the whites and the greys, because I know I can sell those. And these people have been giving me money for a long time. But I have got this other space. So I'll let them in here, see if they can sell on it. And I think that happened. But then uh, over time, it suddenly went, oh, these guys, these guys are consistent spenders. They're, they're increasing the spend. I've had enough fun. And then, you know, Google woke up and they actually invited us to their, very quickly invited us to their accelerator, Google Accelerator program out of nowhere. So obviously they're aware of, of us mm. and what we're doing. And we must, have, we must have been highlighted on one of their dashboards as someone to reach out to. Um, so that's that's interesting, isn't it? How it evolves over time. Well, I think most people. I think, yeah. I think basically, you know, we we you know we just went with the river and we saw that the opportunity was to get it was there and we took it and we also pushed it with the other channels too. So it mm. wasn't just Google, you know, that we said okay, we you know we're getting a decent ROAS on a daily basis. Let's go and push it until we until we break it basically, which is what we. That's our philosophy. We we push the ROAS mm. as hard until we don't get the ROAS we need, and then we optimize, then we go again. But we pushed it with email too, a lot. But taking your analogy of running with the peaks, you can see that the demo store is embedding. You can see that bedding is very much dictated to by long weekends, Black Fridays, uh, run up to Christmas. There's all these really big sale events that which is when we will do probably 80% of our revenue will be done during those, those times. And so you start gearing up around that and to have the stuff 
that you need during during those times. Like yeah. I actually used to work with someone who sold duvet inners, like do uh, like down duvets and synthetic duvets and all that kind of stuff. And he would go from selling maybe a couple of grand a day to like thirty, forty thousand in a weekend, like a day and a weekend over what used to be. I mean, in, in Australia, New Zealand, there's like a long weekend would be like a Queen's birthday weekend, for example, um, would be a big weekend. And for whatever reason, people go and think there's going to be deals on those words. And that's when he would sell all this stuff. And he's like, well, I don't want to recruit during the week because they're going to buy. But this weekend, they'll come and buy yeah. duvets. And that's what and I'm going to do. A, it's, it's, it's slightly relaxing. I think if to, to or more relaxed or less an anxious, I think to think of it like, well, the sales aren't particularly strong at this time of year, so I'm not going to beat myself up because if I re if I really try and push it hard, all that's going to happen is my cost to convert a new customer is going to double, triple. Mm. Whereas if I just relax a little bit and get ready for when the market's picking up again, as I know it is going to be, I'm and I'm in the right place to seize the opportunity when the market does pick up, I can recruit a customer for, for half the amount that I would be paying. Yeah. So do you know what? I'm going to go and get as many as I can. And I think it no, just makes you oh, feel slightly more relaxed. Yeah. On the flip side of that, I'd argue that it's not a case of complacency as well. So like look at the demo store, you know, we've got an idea of the machine that you're putting $10 in, you're getting, you know, how much ever money at the end of it. And you can see from a from a, a an overall point of view that in order to scale that business, so let's say we want to be spending ten thousand a day on on Google to get that business there, there's going to have to be fundamentally fundamental changes in the machine to push us to that level. Oh yeah, and you know, um, and also there's different markets as well now coming on board, and we're launching in different markets, and the there's going to have to be fundamental changes in the model. And, and really, it comes down to those three things. It's the add to basket rate, basket to order rate, and the average order value, kind of which are all fueled as well by the fourth one, which is the lifetime customer value. And the machine that you're building underneath that, that will hot up seasonality or seasonally or, or lower down, is only as good as it is. And that is why what you need to be working on all the time um yeah well the same realizing that february might not be a very good month for you yeah i i, I mean i mean you know i think that the main point really of this podcast is is grow your peaks mm. rather than trying to obsess over you know evening out your troughs yeah you know, so we're saying you know push as hard and much much harder in your peaks you know yeah. don't ease off your troughs but push much harder than you think possible in your peaks and you'll get a better return. That's the first thing. But yeah, ultimately, I mean, you know, we, 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 you spoke to a, a business this morning that wants to get to 10, 10 million. And they're doing, mm. you know, I think about a million now. And they want to do it to 10 in three mm. years. And they're going to have to really push hard. And they're going to have to accept a very aggressive rower in order to get mm. to 10. You know, so there's no two ways about it. It's not all going to come from conversion and average order volume, lifetime customer volume. Because, I mean, they're getting to 10 because they want to sell. You know, they know mm. what the values and the multiples are. 
You know, so they're, yeah. they're, 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 fundam- they're taking the lowest row as possible and then going even more aggressive than that mm. because mm. that's the only way they're going to smash through the market and get people yeah. to buy. But And it's about, putting, it's about putting things in place so you can sell an e-commerce business because, you know, there, there's certain things that, I mean, a lot of the buyers we've worked with have looked for that aren't necessarily in the business that, that people have been building. And like, interestingly for that business, there's a couple of things that I was talking to them this morning that they need to change that makes it sellable, which, which helps. And, and obviously that still kind of talks, you know, it's talk around the lifetime customer value and stuff like that and, and, and what that is. And it usually comes share, down to the, Can you share some of those? What did well, you some say? of it, I mean, but basically it, it, a lot of it comes down to, a lot of it comes down to what the each industry uh, they would expect for the lifetime customer value and what they would expect for a, for a cost of recruiting a customer because the buyer will tend to be savvy around that for each each one so what you want to be showing is that you have slightly better um, stats for, for 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 both of those um, than than the industry average because that that is going to give you the premium on the uplift. So, you know, e-commerce businesses, unless it's a subscription business, which has got a higher multiple, it's usually between two and a half to four times, depending on what it is. The higher multiple will come when you have a higher lifetime customer value and a high and a lower cost uh, CAC, or customer acquisition cost, than the industry expect, expects because they will, they will want to know how you're doing it and how, how, and how that's manifesting across the business because usually they will then want to kind of replicate that in their other businesses and they might be bringing something to the table like i was talking to someone selling a business the other day and the reason they were interested in this business is because they sold the products that this uh, uh business to consumer business was selling and they could come in and say well we know you only you only get like 50 percent margin but because we're the we're the distributor we get 70 percent margin so yeah. we can come in here and massively uh, accelerate this because yeah. we we can we can kind of reduce the ROAS and and make it make more profit than you are, um, and, and, and actually, so they're looking for that. That's very typical as well. So that, just to point that out, that that often, you know, when a, when a when an e commerce business is acquired, it is normally by a bigger player, and the assumption is that, that bigger player can could can get a better margin or cut costs, mm. you know, in some yeah. other way. So yeah. it isn't, you know, yes, of course, margin and profit is really important, obviously, because it enables you to cash flow and fund the business for growth. You know, but, you know, ultimately, if you want to become, if you want to sell your business, you, you know, you've got to get to a certain revenue level in order for them to be interested in the first place. And, and I, mm. I think they do tend to look at, um, at you know, they, they assume they can get a better margin, better profit. Yeah. Better value. Yeah. Sometimes they actually look at things that aren't as like, like for example, I was looking at business the other day, um, one of the ones in, in Dubai that we're working with, and you know they've got this chart on there, and they look at the showing that the customer acquisition cost is coming down, and that might be interesting to a to an investor, but I would look at that from a point of view of of like you know this it's difficult to say what it is without saying what it is, but like they've got certain shops, let's call them different different shops that are underutilized. In terms of, let's say it's fifty percent sales of what it could do to, for capacity, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you should always try and get the lowest cost per customer 
because in that shop they've got set fit cost, fixed costs and it'd be better yeah. to have more customers to make more profit overall for that shop than have the lowest possible cost per customer whereas well, the other one like is that's at like 85 percent yeah well, that's like having your ROAS too high you know and that's yeah. like if because if your ROAS is too high you know it's like having a shop that you know like imagine your e-commerce store is a physical shop it's like having a shop door it's got a closed sign on the outside, and you're closing at one o'clock in the mm. afternoon mm. because the door because your rows are too high, which basically means you've shut the door in customers that are yeah. waving fifty dollar notes in your face, and you shut the yeah. door like it doesn't make sense. You know, I mean, I've I've been in several meetings where where e-commerce owners have said to me, "Oh yeah, our rows is really high." You know, yeah. we're getting a ton I... of ten rows. I'm like, I'm going to be more seventy percent. We should do a podcast mm-hmm. on what what buyers are looking to buy in e-commerce yeah, businesses because that's yeah. a whole topic. Yeah, um, um, it'll be great. Let's do it. Yeah, but anyway, I should let you go to bed. To be honest, yeah, it's late. For God's sake. Yeah, and it's I haven't weird. been in my hammock yet at all <laughs> today. <clears throat> you get bitten by some mosquitoes. I'll go and put a full um, hazmat suit on, and then I'll get in my hammock and relax. Yeah, um, picture, picture, please. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you very much. Okay, Mark. Cheerio. Cheers. Bye bye.